0: Our intro music for folks who don't know. Happy Inauguration Day! Yes, getting (laughs) it! What up? That's a great way to start this. Happy Inauguration Day, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pincha Millennials Pincha Participation Podcast. I'm Amanda Miguel.
1: And I'm Nico Choa, we're Latino millennials sharing our fresh, relevant, current perspective on civics and participation, political participation in the U.S. today. And our episode today is about the presidential transition and the historic inauguration that we witnessed.
0: And we'll be discussing, among other things, today's events, as well as the background, the historical context, um, including the violent attempt at overthrowing Congress uh, that we witnessed on January 6th, the day Congress officially counted the results of the 2020 election. So there's lots to discuss today. Super excited for all the folks who have joined us uh, via Instagram live. And in order for us to kind of tackle all of the things regarding our democracy today, we're going to go chronologically. So let's start with that um, just by recapping what I think is still a very traumatic top of mind kind of event that just happened not so long ago on January 6th of this year, uh, maybe just two short weeks ago, Congress gathered to officially count the votes for president and vice president. Effectively one of the last steps of finalizing are the results from the November 22 election. This our November. What did I just say? 2020 election. (laughs) And there is like, Uh, this is just formal process, right? This is just regular business as usual. Um, It's preordained by law, which it's just a formality essentially. And Congress's job up to that point was literally to just count the votes the states had certified in December. So that means the votes of November 2020 election were all wrapped up by December and there was no more debating by the time it was Congress's turn to essentially just, count the results
1: that's right and by so in december is the deadline the formal deadline by law that every state all 50 states had to like certify officially hey this is the result of the november election and january 6th was basically like think about when you're in school your teachers had a deadline as to when they could submit their grades right Mm -hmm. if you hadn't done your work by then doesn't matter whatever the teacher submits like that's it punto final caso cerrado you can't say hey teacher i count this slip this it was that's it it's final and so that was january 6th it was everything's already wrapped up there's no debate Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what's formal is formal tan tan Right. As my nephew say. <laughs> um, so no matter how hard anyone could try, there's literally no way you could change your grade if you're submitting your grades as a teacher and a student, or change the results of this election at that point.
0: Right. So and, and that's right. But Some people really thought there was some way to change the outcome. And arguably it's because they were encouraged by elected leadership to do so. So Donald Trump, along with uh, congressional supporters, including Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, uh, Josh Hawley from Missouri and other members, they decided to challenge the results uh, while urging their supporters to bring a fight to the Capitol uh, as the process was underway, you know, single handedly inviting them, you know.
1: Yeah, and regrettably, those calls to violence from the former president resulted in actual, literal, physical mobs of angry Trump supporters literally storming con- Congress and the Capitol as Congress met to count the results of the November election. Um, unfortunately, this mob, this violent, zealous mob, mm-hmm. was able to break through the Capitol Um which is a kind of a crazy thought. If any of you who are listening have visited the Capitol, have lived or worked mm-hmm. nearby the Capitol or known anyone who has, you might know that it's incredibly difficult to even go into a building that you don't intend to enter. Like if you don't have the right badge, they're gonna chase your ass out and mm-hmm. be like, hey, what are you doing here? Fuera, you know? Um, I worked in the Capitol six years ago and if I went down the wrong hall, my badge was a certain color. If your badge wasn't the right color, you'd get kicked out. Okay. There, These people with like guns, police officers would be like, you don't belong here, get out, right? For people who don't work in the Capitol, for people who just live and work in Washington DC, otherwise like you learn pretty quickly not to mess around any federal building. Like you get in trouble, serious trouble. And so with that in mind, it's really crazy to think that this mob was able to just like overtake the Capitol. They were just, they just bum rushed the doors and so many members of the Capitol police, for those of you, for our listeners, U S Capitol has its own police force the same way many universities have their own dedicated police force. Mm-hmm. Capitol police forces like their literal only job is to protect the Capitol. Yeah. And you know, they were overwhelmed and it's crazy to think that they were unprepared lit just factually unprepared they didn't have people they didn't have all the things they could have and this mob just like blasted through and some of them were calling for heads like literally saying we're gonna hang the vice president and where's Nancy Pelosi we want to hang her crazy stuff like
0: yeah
1: I don't know this is stuff that you read about in a fiction book or like you know (laughs) those movies that are like the white house has fallen kind of crazy apocalyptic Mm -hmm crazy things um and all fictions right but it was reality it was bizarre as hell and so watching this was bone chilling to me
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: i'm sure lots of people across the globe and it was it was nuts that that this could just happen
0: yeah i mean and as of right now as we have as it's being investigated to you know why it was just so easy to on what we anticipated was going to be a a procedural day, it was also just highlighted in social media heavily advertised. There were t-shirts made like there were weeks and weeks of preparation for this said, you know, attack on the, on Congress. So this is what we know is that in charge of security of the Capitol force, they have either resigned or been replaced. Uh, There's still a ton. We don't know about what went down that day. I'm assuming it's because they don't want to share too much with the public. Um, But I'm, i'm hoping that it's being heavily investigated so fbi is investigating this this failed insurrection and they're actually accepting information from anyone who may have trespassed that day or broken other laws i mean if you see anything on twitter where they're like my middle school girlfriend was the one who was after nancy pelosi's laptop and wanted to sell it to russia um just like yeah it's, it's it's wild the fbi is using twitter to do its What's, I think they ha, what's in their authority to easily surveil I don't know I don't know much but um if you happen to know anyone or that was present in the mob men snitch on them they're <laughs> please contact the FBI uh these folks aren't these folks broke every like you you basically attacked your own country essentially Um, and it is a security risk, et cetera. So contact the FBI at tips.fbi.gov in case you needed that.
1: (laughs) I read about a family member. um, I think this was an 18-year-old woman who identified pictures of her family on Facebook and Twitter, and Mm -hmm. she reported them to the FBI for committing crimes. I mean, like, this is just beyond, like, oh, you're a snitch kind of thinking. This is, like, you tried overthrowing the government. You tried killing yeah. elected members of Congress, which is insane. A bizarre thing. And this is not just like some sort of insignificant, inconsequential garbage crime. This is like this is very serious. Overthrowing yeah. democracy is not a joke. Right. So that's it. Um, so, yeah, for many of us to watch this unfold, it's, it's really traumatic. Like. Mm. To see foreign governments tweet out things like, hey, we're thinking about the US, like, hope you guys are okay.
0: Right. Let's hope
1: this doesn't end up crazy. Like,
0: what? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, know Nick and I are still reeling from this, and it's weeks later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and people who were present were convinced that they were acting for the people, right? And they, in their minds, they were acting for the 74 million people who voted for donald trump right but they forgot that 81 million people voted for joe biden so these people were like hey we don't care that more people in this country voted against our dude forget you guys we're gonna just blast in and do our garbage non-business like it's just very sad and misguided to think Mm. my voice matters more than yours yeah by, I'm gonna go start a fight over this crazy. It, it's bizarre.
0: Yeah, that, mean, that's
1: not how things work. That's, that's not how democracy works. You know,
0: right? And I mean, that's and again, to why we're making this or harping on this point is because uh, you know, pinch millennial, we're really focused on highlighting the, de- the democracy system that we have now, um, how it's been formed, a little historical context, kind of unveiling some of the um, the veil on you know why 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 did we have to certify those votes? Like, why didn't it just... I mean, the media said it was announced. You know, there's a lot of things that the public is... It's not as common knowledge. So part of, the, part of our work is just to ensure you're aware of the processes and, yeah, understanding how our democracy currently works because that is what we have inherited. That is what we... You know, we have a constitution, but we have subsequent amendments we have made thus far. Um, and th- that's the process. It is... We do live in, in a demo, in a democratic republic and we're, these are our neighbors regardless and how do we move forward? Um, and there's a lot of language today regarding the words, you know, unity and, you know, working together. And to some extent, it's a little, I'm gonna use the word again, Pollyanna. Um, something I was using in the last few weeks. But um, it's it's kind of how we're set up until we change that. And if that's a challenge for you know, groups across uh, the country is like, how do we change our our democratic state as we have it now? That is a question we are asking ourselves as we even do this. So I went on a little tangent. I'm so sorry, Nick. Um, But that's how our democracy works. And that's what we're highlighting today.
1: That's right. And as terrible as the events of January 6th were, thankfully things didn't turn out worse than they did. It's really sad and unfortunate to report that five people lost their lives that day. Yep. including a member of Capitol Police who was brutally beat by this mob, right? And it's it's just a tragic, unfortunate fact. Thankfully, the progress of Congress was not, like, stopped. It was They were delayed by a number of hours, but once the mm-hmm. police got control of the building and it, like, kicked out all these rioters, is what they are, these domestic terrorists, Congress was way quick to be like we're not stopping our job. This is literally our only job. Let's literally. go back in. Yeah. So later that night, they finished their count, um, despite the fact that their lives were literally in danger, um, and they counted. And that, yeah. the result is that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the most votes of the Electoral College and uh, of the November election. And so then that brings us here, chronologically, to today, the events of today, January 20th, Inauguration Day.
0: Um, we have 46th
1: inauguration of a
0: president. Yeah, we have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They got both the electoral votes. That is what is our democratic process for how we elect our president and vice president. And just in case we also, they also won the popular vote Um, noticeably more with 81 million people voting for them. So this brings us to our next portion of this episode, which many of you we invited tonight to talk about today. The 46th Inauguration, Presidential Inauguration. Thank you all for joining us. Um, yeah, Nick and I are going to get into it.
1: Yeah, what, are, what Amanda, what are your thoughts on this monumental historic day? Did you catch any footage of the Inauguration today? What were you thinking? Guide me through how you felt and what was going on in your brain today.
0: I did watch the Inauguration. I was excited to see the musical acts is that something <laughs> i wanted to see a show because one the inauguration um at least the events of it aren't like in our constitution so like we don't have statute saying you know this is these are all the events that will happen from it but what is is or what is included is that there would be a transfer power at noon eastern time on january 20th yeah. of that year so that's literally
1: constitution
0: yeah it's literally there <laughs> And for so for me, it was the musical acts. um, But honestly, the part that was, you know, the thing that I really highlighted was when um, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor was the one to uh, swear in Vice President Kamala Debbie Harris. And that, you know, just even saying Sonia and Kamala, it just made me really proud because. Yeah, we're um I'm a first generation American and just to say Sonia just you know it that to me is yes, we are starting to see the what I you know what for being a millennial this majority millennial majority um we we have the largest immigrant population in our age demographic. We're just a changing society, a changing democracy and to see leadership reflect that was honestly the the piece that would be really hopeful. Um yeah. But what about you, Nick?
1: That's great. I I was very much inspired by the art on display. I mean Gaga with her yeah. sh- stunts that <laughs> she pulled. Her Hunger Games and Burn. The drama. That- <laughs> yeah, get out of here. But you know, it was Mocking like James. Hunger Games is what people were thinking. Um but like on closer examination, the bird, she, that big ass bird she had here, was a dove with a,
0: oh, an olive a branch. Oh, like I didn't know
1: that. Gaga here with the symbolism of peace and unity yeah. and like the end of chaos. You know that was great. Um Lo, beautiful singing, amazing. Just
0: I know people thank you, J-Lo. people hate on her, but I don't care. She sang really well and i loved her putting the let's get loud part in there and also oh my god just-
1: i know i was like okay throwing some spanish great and then she says let's get loud." out i'm like
0: <laughs> Stefan, what? all right cool
1: i guess um but it was crazy because she you know like during a normal inauguration there'd be thousands of people who would, would like hear let's get loud and be like Whoa, what up and to see that this inauguration was literally unlike any other, um, they like restricted attendance to like yeah. one thousand or two thousand people, yeah, uh, because of a security concerns and b mm-hmm. coronavirus concerns. So yeah. that's a smart move. Um, yeah. I felt that I, you know as inspired as I was to see Kamala Harris sworn in, to see Justice Ketanji my give that oath of office, I was like. You know, it was kind of bittersweet for me bittersweet for me to be like, you know what, these people are stepping into their power that they've worked for and deserved mm. and earned. And it's too bad that they can't like relish the glory of like a big celebration. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yep. that is bittersweet for me. But of course it's the smart thing to do. Don't be in groups, don't have big concerts and all this. Um I particularly was heartened by Garth Brooks. Yeah, performance he sang amazing grace and, a cappella, and Right, the end he
0: was, was it a cappella? Head? i don't think i heard music right behind him was he just doing it no i think
1: it was yeah, yeah. I, I don't think i heard music either um but towards the end he's like everyone let's sing this together let's go sing amazing grace we all know this and i i i like country music like most people from texas <laughs> um but to he like to see a legend like Garth Brooks, and then to hear him in this platform to be like let's sing it together, everybody, no matter where you are who you're where you're from mm-hmm. it, it just really struck the chord as me like, man, this guy has done more for unity like it's a symbolic mm-hmm. small gesture, right an artist like damn he's trying to bring some sort of collective something in this country yeah. and that was inspiring to me um,
0: and and there were many moments and I'm just p- looking at the comments too. You know, uh, I know Yanet favorite part was Kamala Harris being sworn in by Sonia Sotomayor. Um, you know, I think, Oh, um, Greece, Greece Fernie highlights the, um, the, the painting that Dr. Joe Biden actually chose. And I was actually talking to my partner about the symbolism of the rainbow. I don't know if he wants to put it into the comments. I think he's in, but just the symbolism of the rainbow in religion and, or I I want to say even in I don't know I'm not the actor. he is <laughs> he has got a PhD in this piece but um you know just all of these moments even the poem that was addressed yeah by Home Fry
1: oh my God that was amazing um my tocaya? Amanda Gorman
0: Amanda Gorman yes. Amanda
1: Gorman <laughs> who was the the what the first National Youth Poet Laureate she's a 22 year old woman who gave mm. this beautiful inspired poem and I like. Listen, I was tearing up most of this ceremony.
0: <laughs> but
1: when Amanda, when Miss Amanda Gorman read her poem, like, I swear every other line, I was like, ah, that's perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, what? Capturing it. Yep. And so, like, kudos to her for her amazing skill in artistry and poetry and talent. Like, thank you, Amanda Gorman.
0: Yeah. It was a
1: beautiful poem. Totally.
0: And, and I think it highlights a little bit of the acknowledging of the past, you know, I think, while everything again to the the credit of the you know the new administration of wanting to move forward together et cetera that the poem really highlighted in order for us to do that right uh, in order for us to have that peace moment you know we have to seek justice and we have to um, I'm trying to think of the specific lines I, I, I had highlighted a few but um,
1: I'm googling them now <laughs>
0: yeah that, you know she she did highlight that this is something we have to bear with as a country together in order for us to get to that next step. So I think that is something that um, we shouldn't lose sight of.
1: Yeah, I think one line that's sticking out to me, <clears throat> um, and I'm g- literally just Googling it now because I, can't, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but it was some aligned to the effect of like we have to step into our present, like acknowledging mm. our past. Um, like this stuff's not perfect. And right.
0: Oh, yeah. I love the line. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Here. Yeah, I got the line. Um, if, if only we dare, it's because being American is more pride, more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. Mm -hmm. Just (laughs) breathtaking. Like, Yes, we step into this storied legacy past of democracy and republicanism and all these beautiful concepts that we learn from childhood, but they're not perfect, right? Right. The people who made these ideas and who brought our country to the way it is now are not gods and they're by no means perfect. But So that's when she says the past we stepped into and how we repair it, like... Yeah.
0: That is, let's. Sorry.
1: I, I just am so aghast, like, still speechless. Like, th- this just beautiful poetry of acknowledging in very simple words mm-hmm. our past is not perfect. How can we make it better? How can we fix it? How can we improve on the flawed humans and systems that we inherited? That we grew up with that we're living that we build that's the line that stuck out in my mind the the most like in a inspiring anyway
0: nick's over here getting teary-eyed y'all let's give him some love (laughs) send some hearts because this is you know again just acknowledging still we have not yet healed from what happened the past four years let alone what just happened a few weeks ago one hundred percent need to acknowledge that folks, public servants, civil ser- civic servants, um, elected officials, though you know problematic, can be problematic. These are folks that have dedicated their lives um, to ensuring that our democracy is more perfect. That they are actively creating it to be a more perfect union. So, yes, thank you for the blue heart um, suit. So, yeah, this is um, again. I I always want to make space for this because we're not robots, we're human beings. And um, I 100% just want to acknowledge that. Thank you, Nick.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad we had a moment to talk about our feelings and the moments of today's events that impacted us. Um, And, but beyond our own emotional impacts and feelings, let's, let's, let's talk about you know, let's get back to the heart of what being a millennial is, it's understanding government and what goes on in our country with our leaders who are elected and lead our governments uh, to understand what they do next and how they how their actions affect our lives.
0: Yes, so this transition is real nice. Day
1: One of (laughs) Joe Biden's presidency. Yeah, yeah, he's taken steps to do some stuff for us. Let's talk about those for a bit
0: yeah, so I don't know if folks take you know tuned in after the inauguration, but you know they said goodbye, you know Kamala Harris and uh, her partner said goodbye to Mike Pence and his wife. Um, and then afterwards, uh, you can see um, President Joe Biden signing a series of executive orders. And so what these are, which is kind of really interesting is that there he was kind of signing a, a number of executive orders that were undoing what the last presidency did which was essentially undoing what Obama's administration did so it was kind of just getting us back to where we are where we were 4 years ago so yeah it was kind of like yeah we're taking this back because this you know the last presidency only wanted to remove it because it was something that a democratic um president had instituted it was like so- when you when you play
1: that game Uno, it was like Obama did something and then Trump stepped in and said reverse. And then Trump came in and was like, well, I'm gonna reverse that. So reverse on the reverse means going back. Um, And executive orders, let's talk about those for just a quick bit. Um, Laws in the US are made with the president and the Congress. So president, Senate and House of Representatives Um, coming together and coming up with an agreement on whatever the law is. Once they're all in agreement, that thing becomes a law. Now, if the Senate and the House of Representatives do not support what the president is uh, urging, it won't become law. So the president, all presidents, have the opportunity to make what's called an executive order. And because the president controls like an entire... uh, part of the U.S. government, they can direct their the agencies under their control to do this or that or nothing. Um, and so that's where we get executive orders. That's the depar- the president telling the Department of State, hey, you got to do this and you got to do that. And the Department of State, because it's under the president, like has to do that. So executive orders are just basically a president making laws that must be enacted and they do, literally don't need approval of the House or the Senate. It can be that later the House and the Senate will approve, be on board with whatever the executive order is, and then that get that gets made into a law. But that's just a different way that laws get made. Mm-hmm. And so today, Joe Biden, without having to do any negotiation with the House or the Senate, did, signed, I think, something like 17 executive orders. Yes, a ton. Um, some of them... Uh, one of them was halting funding for construction of the border wall that Trump started. Um, Trump never, you know, Trump promised he was going to build a wall on the Mexican border. And Congress was like, no, we're not giving you money. So Trump made his own executive order to steal money from the department of defense and the Pentagon to send that money to build a wall. Today, Biden was like, nah, we're done with that. That's not happening. We're not doing that. Um, Another executive order Biden signed today is reversing the travel ban that Trump enacted, which targeted largely Muslim countries. Mm -hmm. If you remember early in Trump's presidency, he was like, we don't want Muslims here. They cause problems. We're going to cancel people coming over from Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and Egypt, which we call the Muslim ban, generally. Biden signed an executive order canceling that out, being like, that ban doesn't exist anymore. Mm Um, Another executive order that Biden signed today is rejoining the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, If you remember in Obama's term, he joined this Paris uh, Climate Accord, which was aimed at reducing greenhouse emissions and countries taking actions to reduce greenhouse gases to preserve our environment, our globe. Um, Trump later was like, no, that's fake. Global warming doesn't exist. I'm out of this deal. So Biden signed in an executive order today saying, we're going to rejoin that. We believe in science and we're going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, one more, uh, and then I'll give you two more quickly. Um, Trump didn't believe in the World Health Organization, the interne- international global organization for advancing medics medicine and global health. Trump was like, "Now we don't like that. They're garbage. I'm out as a U.S. And so Biden... Reverse that. And so now the US is not leaving the World Health Organization or the Paris Climate Accord. Um, One more that's most interesting, I should have led with this actually, is that Biden directed the Department of Education to extend student loan payment freeze. Important. So, um, you know, when coronavirus took hold of our country months and months ago, the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos at that time, said, I will pause all debts owed to student loans until December 31st and that was that was good for so many people and then she extended that to January 31st well guess what now trump has or, excuse me oof Freudian slip biden has extended that um, for another four months i believe
0: i think till september um, is what i last thought oh off.
1: september yeah cuz yeah, i told you yeah,
0: so. <laughs> i was like If if you have
1: student loans, oh my God, if you have federal student loans, you no longer have to pay them. They will no longer accrue interest until September of this year. Like, and someone's waiting for forgiveness. Someone just mentioned I'm waiting for the forgiveness program. I have to say, so, so there's this forgiveness program that if you take on federal loans and you then go on to serve in the public sector or for an NGO, a non-governmental organization, so a a charity, a non-for-profit. If you do that for 10 years, the federal government like forgives your loans. Well, the good thing is that the Biden administration is the kind of administration that believes in public service and loan forgiveness. So if you're on track to get your loans forgiven because of the um, loan forgiveness program, you will encounter an administration in the next four years that is willing to help you. Be like, okay, great, you've done the thing, you're in the program, let's do it. Uh, so that's great, that's super great. That's that's a really good policy that they've got going on.
0: I saw a meme today, you know how uh, Kamala Harris, when she um, found out that they had won, she's like, we did it, Joe, we did, you know that video? Um, well, I saw... <laughs> They remade it to be like, they want their money, Joe. They want their money. (laughs) So in regards to loan forgiveness. Where the money resides. Exactly. Where the money resides. They want their money, Joe. You need to pay up. So stimulus checks, student loan forgiveness. This is all fair game, right? And this is now just political talk for folks who are love this stuff. But this is, you know, we have the We have the Senate majority with a 50-50 split with uh, Vice President Kamala Harris breaking that split. So a Democratic majority. The House, we have a Democratic majority as well. And then our executive branch is a Democratic president. So you have a triple threat here. um, And some of the critiques now are Biden is in a different situation than Obama was. Obama started his administration, again, with a triple threat, but wasn't as aggressive on Democratic issues and so because of all this accountability because some people are engaged um post what what happens in the next 100 days will be really important um to demonstrate that goodwill of we've given you this authority this is what the people want so we i think we have a lot of comments in here so i want to get to those too but that is something regarding covid19 is one of his major um, priorities for this for his first hundred days, um, and getting our county back on track, but it's also getting the aid that people need to have for those that thankfully have survived thus far during this whole global pandemic. Let's go to the comments and see what folks are writing. So sorry. Um, yeah,
1: so so we're I'm seeing some comments about student loan forgiveness. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: We were talking about that a minute ago, and. Um, Un hombre said, if your income is low enough, though, you can qualify for zero payments that count toward those tenures. So that actually is a democratic um, policy that was put in place. If you, no matter what job you take after taking student loans, you can apply for this program, uh, which is called an income-based repayment. And if you, I mean, look, if you make $200,000 for your job, you can afford to pay your loans more than if you make $40,000. Oh, right? oh, and so under this under this um, program, they like basically gauge it based on what you earn in your job and then say all right, listen, we're not going to give you this like crazy hurdle of payments that you got to pay it all a crazy amount. If you make $20 an hour, then we're going to give you a great of repayment for your loan. And if you make that minimum payment, that counts towards your loan forgiveness. So that's a really great policy that Democrats literally put in place. Um, and it's a great idea. It's a great program, income-based repayment. If you have questions on that, um, I was like, yeah, Department we can- could- Department of Education, you can you can look that up. Uh, make sure it's a .dot .gov email address, uh, web address. We can cover can that on a, on a different
0: video because I think it's so- Sorry, I think I keep moving you on accident, Nick, on That's right. OBS. I just, I, I digress. Um, we, and we can do a video on that because student loan forgiveness is something that is top of mind for the millennial generation. So I would love to do a video on that. But given, um, you know, I, I don't know if folks are actually watching um, the like celebrations still with inauguration, but we have, oops, I think I might have did it again. Sorry, Nick. Um John Legend was just singing, but I want to ensure that folks know, like, what's next, right? Like, today's a super exciting day for m- many, many people, um, but what, where do we keep moving? How do we keep moving forward? So we just want to highlight that, you know, one, we're beginning a new era of governments, right, where we just highlighted both houses of Congress, House and Senate are controlled by the same party as the White House, that that i was um, referencing um but and because of that these two branches of government are more or less controlled by people of the same team and we understand that there's room on you know the very progressive side of democrats to the very moderate side of democrats um but there is room for democrats as a whole to get to work on accomplishing um you know their goals with actually enacting laws so and you know a lot of people talk about the grid the gridlock that happens at Congress, and that's true. I I, I mostly favor local and state um, policy engagement, but this is this is the one situation where you shouldn't see as much gridlock, right, Nick?
1: Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, is we, we've talked about in previous podcast episodes is, in order for a president to get their any agenda passed or any law passed, they've got to have a majority of support in the House of Representatives and the Senate. And just as Amanda said, now this time this time around the Congress is beginning and there's a Democratic majority in the House and a slim majority in the Senate, which means that, you know, if the Democrats have something that they want to pass that everyone on their team can get behind, they can pass it, no problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is the finding an idea and a law that everyone on their team can support. This happens to be one of the slimmest majorities of Congress in decades. Um, The majority in the Senate, for example, it's tied at 50. So there are 50 Republicans in the Senate and 50 Democratic voting people, uh, senators in the Senate. And when the Senate is tied, the vice president gets the tiebreaker. And so the vice president now happens to be a Democrat This also happened to be the same situation when Mike Pence was in office. So Mike Pence frequently was the deciding 50 vote, uh, tiebreaker, excuse me. Um, So it's a very slim majority. You know, if the Democrats had more than 50 seats, obviously that's a bigger majority. They wouldn't need a tiebreaker in the president of the Senate, who happens to be the vice president Kamala Harris. If they had 60 Democrats in the Senate, no problem. And the way the 2020 November election turned out is the House of Representatives was dominated by uh, Democrats. They actually saw their majority decrease by a number of seats. So they have a slim majority right now, which means Joe Biden and his team have like, it's like, have a very thin needle, a very small needle to thread of what they can pass that will get support from everyone on their team, the Democrats, and maybe a couple Republicans or you know whoever will join their, that vote to make the thing happen. So Joe Biden's a skilled legislator. He's been in Congress for 40 something years, since the 70s, I think. Um, so he obviously has lots of connections on the House and the Senate. He's got lots of know-how about how to make things work. Um, so, but he, he's got a big task ahead of him. I think, um, one thing I want to talk about is pipe dreams or what are big ideas that Democrats should pass right away. Now, the majorities right now can flip in two years. In two years, the house and the Senate are both up for reelection. Those are called midterm elections. And we don't know how those will turn out. It could be that Republicans sweep and win all the seats and then Democrats are, not in a majority anymore, or it could be that it turns out Democrats are in charge of one house and not the other, et cetera. So this these next two years, this next year is like Joe Biden's got to put in a ton of work to get done what he needs before the elections turn against him. So I I want to see, and this is my 100% biased opinion a push for D.C. statehood and Puerto Rico statehood. D.C. is a city that is has been traditionally a majority Black city for decades and has not had representation in Congress. I lived in D.C. for a number of years, and you don't have a senator if you live in D.C. You get taxed, but you don't get representation in Congress. Mm-hmm. Bogus, right? And so a lot of people for decades have been pushing for DC for D.C. statehood, Um, I think in light of January 6th, the mayor of D.C. has been like, we need to push for this. Mm -hmm. In my wildest dreams, the Biden administration would push for D.C. statehood. That would be great. It would grant two Democratic senators, likely for D.C., would change the balance of power. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, there's a number of other things like Puerto Rico statehood. Some people in Puerto Rico care for it. Some people don't. Uh, I don't imagine either of those things coming to Congress, but... Joe Biden's obviously worried about coronavirus relief, reviving the economy, stimulating our entire national economy to make things better for everybody. So I, I don't, I don't know. That seems like a pipe dream for me, but I gotta admit, that's where my mind is.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, and I, and I think this is where we like. I don't wanna say duke it out, but the first hundred days will be telling on what will be prioritize. There's so many things that are really important right now. Um, You know, like I mentioned on an earlier podcast, immigration and, um, you know, what the flipper is happening with all of the detention camps that basically we've created here on our country um, with migrant children and families separated. So there is a ton that is going to be advocated for in the next few days. So it's just a really crucial time. Um, you know, I'm excited for the, the what's it called? All the performances tonight and the calls for unity, et cetera. But what we like to know more is like where the money at, what's the budget like, and where's the policy. And that, and that is something that we'd love to keep um, discussing with you all and, and highlighting in this podcast. So, um, you know, and I, let's see if there's any more, if there's any questions in the comments, but I wanted to keep it nice and tight tonight because I wanted folks to, t- you know, to tune in, uh, have a moment to just chat it up with folks on, you know, we're excited, we have trauma we have to deal with, um, we still got to work from home tomorrow because we still got coronavirus out. Like, there's just really a lot that is just being compiled and put on yeah. top of us, but we're taking it one piece at a time together and really enjoyed this time with you, Nick, Um, I was like I miss my friends. Like I'm I haven't seen Nick in person in, you know, more than a year and so yeah. I always enjoy this time with together.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk about these nerdy things with you and people who are interested in giving us comments and throwing out hearts and yeses and everything. <laughs> um th- this stuff is kind of uh, I don't know if it's a hobby or like an obsession um i I just really like thinking and talking and reading about these things um so if you have any questions like reach out to us send us a dm on our beach millennial account or on our personal accounts and, and we'll talk about it i'm happy to entertain ideas about what future episodes should be and whatnot um it's kind of crazy that this inauguration as we mentioned before is unlike any other um usually there's like a whole series of fancy balls where there's like it's black tie affair people wear their gowns and their tuxedos and there's like ballrooms and expensive venues and big old mm. dinners and flashy fancy craziness um for obvious reasons that's not smart that's not happening they're not doing it this year i think that's good when obama was first sworn into office i think he and michelle went to like 10 inaugural balls what? and got home at like at three in the morning wow. like Can you imagine day one on the most important job you will ever have? Partying, and you're staying up (laughs) till three a.m. But then you got to wake up at six a.m. or something crazy and do like important shit. So I'm glad for Joe Biden that he maybe he. It's ten p.m. here on the East Coast. He's probably in bed. I hope he is. He's an old man. He got to get his rest.
0: (laughs) I was okay. This is awful, but I was thinking about how do you prepare for this for this day. I was like, I'm pretty sure there have to have been, like, scheduled naps, because this is a demanding job. You are, we can, yeah. I, I'm going to rant, so I was like, let me not, but, because then it's, like, ageism to some extent, too, and, like, I was like, I enjoy my eight to nine hours of sleep a night, so. For real. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to front. But. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this nice and light. Oh my god! Light.
1: <laughs> Amanda, Amanda's Amanda's comment is like, "Oh, so staying up to like six a.m. and then going to work the next day is like college, right?" Yeah. Yeah.
0: I yeah. could <laughs> not. I did not. I try I, uh, my freshman year, and I was like, "I feel awful, and I would rather die than do no. that." I just know that it can it, be l-
1: done. I listen. I'm as Amanda and I as like millenn- like straight on full millennials. We're not older than 30 and we need naps. (laughs) I don't imagine as we get older, that will change. So like if either Amanda or I were president at age 40 or 50, like I would still need a nap or two.
0: (laughs) Schedule it in, please. (laughs) Put this on my schedule. Legit, like
1: this is not (laughs) about Joe Biden being a grandpa. This is just like human fact. Take a nap.
0: That's it yeah um well I'm gonna go ahead and keep it nice and light I got my I was gonna say my boo thing <laughs> Barack Obama's figure right now I was like let me hear what he's got to say no it's probably over but um Aww. is
1: he speaking okay
0: I think oh you got George yeah you got George Bush oh he had to find Michelle the day uh at the inauguration he's like that's my friend what's up Michelle I'm
1: not going to entertain. I'm not going to entertain <laughs> conversation about George W. Bush.
0: I know you're right. You're right. That's you're all
1: right. I'm going to say about that.
0: You're right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Um, just thank you all for joining us. This is again our first uh, IG live for the new year. If you like what you hear, please give us a um, a uh, a DM, a like, a comment. Let us know if this is something you'd like to see for the rest of the year. Otherwise, thank you so share much for prof- tuning in. Share.
1: Yeah, share our profile with uh, your followers, your friends, your family, whatever. And don't forget, wear a mask, wash your hands, and stay home. No sales non one. Stay home if you don't need to leave your house. My mom sent me this shirt, and I had to plug it. This is from <laughs> Truco Relic from El Paso. Legit. <laughs> don't be going clubbing and stuff. There's a pandemic. Be safe and think about the world around you.
0: That's right. All right, y'all. This is Pinch Millennials, Pinch of Participation Podcast. I'm Amanda Miguel.
1: And I'm Nico Choa. Nos vemos. Peace.
0: Nos vemos. Bye.